Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Good morning, Faith Assembly Church family. It is so good to be with you this morning via Faith Assembly Church online. We are so glad that you've joined us here. Hey, will you help me out this morning? Will you just let us know that you're out there in uh, Facebook and YouTube land? If you will, Faith Assembly Church family, just go ahead right now and give me a status update. Let me know how your family's doing, how, uh, you know, how everybody's getting along, and just say, we're still here, Pastor. We're still here. We still love you because we miss you guys so much, and we just can't wait until the opportunity that we have to all get back together again. But until then, we are so glad to be able to come to you via this online technology. And, um, you know, uh, I, was, I was thinking about the message that uh, the Lord laid on my heart for today. And I, I thought of a perfect theme song, and I went to Pastor Trey, and I said, Hey, Pastor Trey, can you give me just a few seconds of, of the song you just heard in the transition this morning? And I did that for a couple of reasons. Number one, I want that song to get stuck in your head, and every time you hear it, you remember this message. And then number two, I did it because it lines up so precisely with where so many of us are living in this moment. Some of you at this point, you, are, you love them kids. Oh man, you would, you would do anything for them kids except that you've been homeschooling them for several weeks now and you've been working from home yourself and you know what you're waiting on the world to change you know you're just you're ready to you love them but you're ready to send them back to school i understand that i get it i get it you but you're waiting for the world to change some of you are, are wanting to get out of the house and get back to the workplace you're just waiting for the world to change listen you're going to be happy you're going to be happy to see that coworker that gets on your nerves every day. You're that, that one that grates your cheese. I mean, you are going to be so happy to see them. You don't know what to do. You're waiting for the world to change. If you're like me, you can't wait. Oh, my goodness. You cannot wait until you are able to get back to the church again, to get back to this building, to come together with those of like faith, assemble in the presence of the Lord and worship one another. You know, I know we're doing that this morning. I know that you've enjoyed our worship team. And I know that, you know, this, these uh, online services have been a blessing during this time of quarantine. But they're just, you know, we cannot discount the, the value of corporate fellowship, corporate worship. And just sitting together under the teaching of the word and, and being in a corporate agreement. And uh, just looking forward to that day. Church, we're waiting for the world to change. We're, we're waiting for the world to change. Listen, there's some people at church. Look, you may not have interacted with them that much in the past, but you're just anxious to see their faces again. Man, man, can I, can I just make a confession here this morning? If I'm, if I'm real honest with you, if you're like me, you're just waiting some kind of bad Till you can get back into your favorite Mexican restaurant. Come on, somebody, pray for your pastor this morning. 
man, I need some chips and salsa. I need some queso. I need some chicken fajitas. I've got to have it, man. And, I, and that day can't come fast enough. But uh, I'm going to tell you what, if you're ready, if you're ready to get back in church, if you're ready to get back with God's people again, why don't you drop some fire emojis and some praise hands in the, in the, in the comment section right now, whether you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, however you're accessing this word. Just go ahead. Let us know. Let us know you're excited. If you don't know how to use emojis, just say me. You know, just, just, just type in me. Everybody can hit me and let us know that you're ready. You're ready. But listen, for so many people, though, this song that Pastor Trey just, just rolled for us at the intro of this message, it has become the anthem for this season. We're just, we're waiting for the world to change. Every day we're looking at the news and we're trying to see, hey, what's changed? What's changed? And listen, I don't know. One, one thing in this season, especially the latter part, that I don't know, I'm trying to figure out what's more depressing. I'm trying to figure out which part is more depressing. Number one, listening to the news reports. Or number two, watching several of my Facebook friends slowly melt down and lose their wits because they are, they are so ready for a shift in their current circumstances. Listen, it, this, this whole idea, now we're having a little bit of fun this morning, but there's a lot of truth wrapped up in this thing that we're waiting for the world to change. And, and indeed we are. We're, we're waiting for some, some sense of normalcy to return and, and, and just, just some break in, in the things that are going on around us and just some break in the bad news and all these things. We're just we're waiting for the world to change. But I want to show you this morning that we're waiting on the world to change sometimes more often than we're willing to recognize or even that we do recognize. And I want to tell you, I want to speak expressly to the believer now in this moment, and I want to say to you that not only are we often waiting for the world to change, but it's also a very, very, very bad habit. It is honestly, this, this whole idea of waiting for the world to change, honestly, it's a bad habit. And it's a habit that a lot of us have. And today's situation only serves as a powerful illustration to give a real-time context to a problem that plagues the lives of many people. And the problem is that, is just as we are in this moment, we live oftentimes with bated breath waiting for an external change of circumstance, waiting for an external change of a person, waiting for the external change of a group or an entity to grant us permission to move forward in our pursuits and desires. It doesn't matter if it's spiritual desires, natural ambitions, or what. What we're experiencing now, in a very literal fashion, many folks live under as a self-imposed way of doing life, even when there are no government orders or restrictions in place. And you ask me now and say, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying that for many of us, we don't need government orders to live under the restriction of circumstance and situation. I'm saying that for many of us, we don't need government orders to uh, the under. We don't need government orders to live under the restrictions that are imposed upon us by what we perceive to be the thoughts or the opinions of others about us. 
And I'm going to qualify some of those statements as we move through, so just, just listen close. I'm saying that there are a lot of you who are listening to me right now that your calculation of life always factors more heavily upon what you can't do and the things of which you are incapable more than they do the things that you can do and the things that you are capable of. Now, I want to be clear here today. The content of this message is not a call to anarchy. This is, this is not a call to an uprising or a civil call. This is to you spiritually this morning that I'm speaking to you to tell you that you don't have to wait. I'm going to go ahead with a spoiler right now. I'm going to go ahead and get to the point. And the point is this. You don't have to wait for situations and circumstances and conditions to be right before you can rise up and walk in your calling as a child of God and you can walk into places of victory in your life where you have been suffering defeat for a long time. You don't have to wait for anything else to change. I'm talking to you, this is a message today about the redemption of time because the days are evil. And you say, well, Pastor, why is, it, why is it such a bad habit to wait for the world to change? And I'm going to tell you, it's a really bad habit on the part of the believers who constantly quote Philippians 4.13. Everybody knows what it says? You all know what it says? It says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. In other words, as long as I'm looking to Jesus to be my source and my supply, I can do all all things. Nothing will be impossible to him who believes. That's, that's what I'm talking about today. It's a bad look for us to run around and quote these scriptures all the time, but at the same time, act like we've got to have circumstance and situation and conditions to just be at a premium in order for us to have the permission to move forward in God's promise for our lives. We act like there's something around us that has to change before miracles can happen in us. And friend, today I just want to share with you that's not true. Listen, here's a few illustrations of the fact. Maybe, maybe today you have physical goals that you want to achieve. Maybe you want to get in better shape. Maybe you want to shed a few, few pounds, whatever it is. But in order to do so, you're waiting for the busy season of your life to get over. Well, that season hadn't been over for 15 years. That season hadn't been over for 15 years. Why now do you feel that this season is going to grant you permission to fulfill your goals? It's not. It's not going to change. Maybe you've been waiting to get your wanting to get your financial house in order, but you're just waiting for the circumstances of your workplace to change. Now, I know in the, in the present tense, there's a lot of people that, that your workplace has been affected, and we're praying for you, and we're believing God for you. But I'm talking about on a normal basis, when all things are kind of running along, when there's some sense of normalcy, you're waiting for the circumstances to grant you the permission to achieve your goals, and you'll never get there. You know, those New Year's resolutions that were so important to you on December 31, they now lie shattered in the wake of a New Year's dawn, and you're waiting on the calendar. You're waiting for the, you're waiting for the calendar or some significant event in the year to grant you the permission to resume those goals. Isn't that amazing sometimes, by the way, 
that, that we can make a resolution. We can say, on this day, at this time, I'm going to start this thing or I'm going to quit that thing. And then we fail one time. We act like we've got to wait for the calendar to come all the way back around. I mean, it's like picking up a course on the guitar or something. We've got to wait for the music to come back around again before we can jump in and resume those goals. You're waiting on the world to change. You're at the mercy of the calendar. You're at the mercy of the clock. You're a hostage to your own thought patterns. You're paralyzed by the opinions of others. How many of you have ever put life on hold, waiting for permission that later on in life you found out you didn't even need? I, want, I, I don't want you to be explicit this morning, I don't, but, but there's somebody out there right now that needs to know that there's somebody else who understands and can identify. And if you've ever waited on permission from somebody else or some external source, condition, or situation to give you the permission to proceed, and later on in life you found out you didn't need that permission at all, you could have done it in the strength of God. You could have done it with a little bit of determination and discipline in your life. You could have done it with a little bit of devotion, but instead you waited needlessly. If that's you, just, just drop, say it's me, Pastor. Just drop that in the comments right now, say it's me, because I can go in and tell you it's me. I can, I can go ahead and assure you that it's me. I have been through, passed through situations and seasons in life where I'm waiting for somebody else's nod of approval. I'm waiting for somebody else to validate me. I'm waiting for circumstances to change so that it doesn't seem so risky, so that it seems like there's a clearer path to my goal. I know what it's like and I know where it's at, but I would, just somebody else, you need, you, need, you need somebody to identify with you right now. Just, just say, hey, pastor, it's me right here. I'm that person. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the perfect storm. I'm waiting for situations to unfold in a specific kind of way before I feel like it's good. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for that thing to unfold to give me permission to step out in what I know that God's calling me to do. I'm waiting for circumstances to change when I know there's something on the inside of me that needs to change. You don't have to be specific, but you do need to recognize that that tendency is there. You're setting on dreams and visions, and life is in a holding pattern. One day, like Peter, you're planning to walk on the water with Jesus. You're dreaming about greater things, but you've determined that you're going to do it as soon as the waters around the boat are calm enough and, and the environment seems safe enough and the conditions are favorable enough to, to accommodate your success and to guarantee your safety. And here's the fact. Here's the fact. Listen to me. If you've got to wait until everyone, you get everyone's approval and for the situation to present themselves perfectly and for it to become easy, you're never going to get out of the boat. You're never going to walk on the water. You're never going to go deeper. You're never going to see greater things in your life. Listen, some of you might say, well, pastor, you've got it all wrong. I'm just waiting on the Lord. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not scared. I'm not lazy. I'm not wanting the approval of anyone else. I'm, I'm not even wanting the perfect conditions. I'm just waiting on the Lord. Well, let me give you some facts. It is a fact that waiting on the Lord is a discipline that we need in our lives. It is a fact that we need, some, we need sometimes to be still and see the salvation of our Lord. It is a fact that God opens doors that no man can close and he closes doors that no man can open. 
It is also a fact that we have often misunderstood the correct functional application and posture of waiting on the Lord. Oh yeah, when we read those words in Isaiah 40, 31, you you have to read no further than the immediate context of the surrounding couple of verses to recognize that this posture, this, this waiting that they speak of there is not a posture of idleness. It's not a posture that, that sits us still and we just, we just sit there and, and spin our wheels and tread water until some magical time when God just shows up and, and shifts us effortlessly from where we are into what he wants us to have. No, no. No, it's not a posture of idleness. Listen to this. The word says this, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Have you noticed even right now in this, this is not a posture of idleness. And, and honestly, you know, I'm reading, I read, just read that verse from the New King James Version, but honestly, that word there, wait, as we so uh, affectionately know and have recited this verse and memorized it, that word wait there is not even the best translation of the original Hebrew word in this context. I want to read this to you from the NIV this morning. And it says this, and it, it helps us bring a clarity to our understanding. And it says, but those who hope, those who hope in the Lord, We could also say those who have an expectation of the Lord. They will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. That's that's the word of the Lord. This passage, this passage, if you read the the larger context immediately surrounding this verse, what you're going to find out is that this passage compares all of humanity that is running the race of life. But it contrasts those whose hope is in the Lord and those who are looking to God as their source and their supply and those who are not. Now let's read the larger portion here of this passage and we're going to back up here to verse 28 and we're going to read it in. Okay, you ready with me this morning? You got your word? You ready to go? Okay, here we go. Do you not know, beginning in verse 28, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. Listen to this. He gives strength to the weary, and he increases the power of the weak. Even, listen, here's the comparison. Even the youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. Look at that. You know, we we often think of youth as a time of vitality and vigor and strength. But he's saying here that, listen, the people who are relying on the arm of the flesh, no matter how well-conditioned it is, there are going to be times in life when you're going to grow tired and weary, and even the young men are going to stumble and fall. And here comes the comparison. It's It's that word, but... It's right there. That's, that's how verse 31 begins. It's, it's the word but. 
And it says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow. Oh, good gracious, I'm about to shout up in here today. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Let me give you, let me give you the New Testament translation of Isaiah 40, 31. And here it is, and we find it in Hebrews chapter 12. And it's this word, if you want to kind of contextualize the meaning of Isaiah 40, 31, the Old Testament verse into a New Testament, a new covenant life, here it is. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily ensnare us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, wait on the Lord, look unto Jesus, hope in the Lord, look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You say, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying that the essence of this verse is that, listen, listen, we've got to look to God to be our strength and our source and our supply. It doesn't come from, it doesn't come from the outside. Your permissions are not granted by your circumstances. Your, your open doors don't come because all of the stars lined up. It's because God gave you favor. It's because God made the way. He's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. You understand that today. And this passage compares all the folks that are running the race of life. And then it differentiates between those who are trusting God and those who are looking to God to be their source and their supply and those who are not. I want to tell you something today, believer, and if you don't hear anything else that Pastor Steve says today, I want you to understand this one thing. You may be looking at the situations and the circumstances of your life and it may bring you weeping and it may have brought you great difficulty. But you understand this, the conditions are still right for your miracle. The conditions are still right for your breakthrough. The conditions are still right for your victory. Don't you sit around and look at the mighty power of God and the promise of God and say, well, I'd love to have it, but the conditions aren't right just now because I'm telling you that the conditions are right, right now for you to get a blessing from God. You don't have to wait for the world to change. If God is your source, he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. And today, May 3rd, 2020, the conditions are right for you to see a victory. The conditions are right for you to possess the land of your promise. God doesn't need a single condition surrounding your life to change. And if God needs something to change in your life to accommodate your victory, rest assured that he'll move heaven and earth to see it happen. I want to show you this from the Old Testament regarding the exodus of God's people. And I invite you to turn with me to Numbers chapter 33. Numbers chapter 33, and we're going to begin. We're going to pick up this narrative here in verse 51. And God here is speaking, and he says, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you have crossed over the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out the inhabitants of the land before, from before you. Now listen, that's very important. That's very important. I believe God gives the victory. I believe that God gives the victory. Understand that. I, I, I believe that with all my heart. I believe that the, the adversary has already been triumphed over. 
But sometimes it's up to you. God has granted the victory, but it's up to you and I to enforce it. God has granted the victory, but it's up to you and I to enforce the victory. And what God is saying here to the children of Israel is this. Listen, there's a promise for you. There's a promise for you, but there's adversity that waits between you and the possession of your promise. There's, a, there's an adversity that waits between you and the possession of your promise, and that adversity is the inhabitants of the land. And you've got to go in there, and you've got to drive them out. Now, I'm not talking about a salvation of works. That's not what this is about. This is not achieving salvation based on your own merit and your works. But I am telling you this, that spiritual warfare is very real. Spiritual warfare is very real. And even though he's defeated, Peter is clear to say that the devil goes around as, in the similitude of, it doesn't mean that he is, but it says that he goes around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And I'm telling you today, child of God, if it's possible at all, the enemy will try to devour you before you can get to your promise, before you can get to the possession that God has for you. And he does it by the means of inhabitants. And God says to the children of Israel, you're going to go into the land of Canaan and you're going to drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you. Destroy their engraved stones. Destroy all their molded images and demolish all of their high places. And you shall dispose of the inhabitants of the land and dwell in it for I have given you the land. There it is. I've already given it to you but you've got to get up and go take possession of it. Church, listen to me right now. There's some of you that God has already given you miracles. God has already given you dreams. God has already given you visions but it's up to you right now to get up and go possess God's promise for your life. Now I want you to notice some things here that God didn't say. God didn't say, listen guys, I want you to wait right here in the wilderness until I get all of this straightened out for you. I, I just, now you just sit down here and make yourselves comfortable. Just go ahead and, and get you some rest. Maybe, maybe get you some food and some refreshment here. I don't want you to be weary. I, I, I don't want you to be wore out. I just want you to rest. I, want you to, I don't want you to be tense. I don't want you to be uptight. I, I want you just to wait here, and I'm going to get all this straightened out for you. And once I, get, once I get all of the inhabitants cleared out and I've taken care of everything, then I'm just going to snap my fingers and translate you into the land of promise. Glory, hallelujah. And that's the way a lot of us live life. We're, just, we're sitting around stuck in a mire. We're, we're in the same ruts we've been in 10, 15 years, maybe a couple of decades, maybe 20, 30 years. We're just stuck in that same rut because we know that in order for us to get from where we're at to where God's calling us to be, that there's going to be a fight, that there's going to be spiritual warfare. And we just, rather, rather than get up and engage in that, we just sit around and wait for the world to change. We just say, well, maybe one day the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Jebusites, maybe one day they'll just get up and they're just going to leave. They're just going to move out, and then it'll be okay for me to go in. God didn't say, well, listen, wait right here until it's safe. I'm going to go and, and, and make things safe for you. Wait, wait right here. Wait right here because I'm going to go over there and I'm going to talk to the Canaanites. I'm going to talk to the inhabitants of the land. And I'm going to be sure that when you get here to take possession of your promise, that nobody's going to hurt your feelings. Oh, come on, oh, come on somebody. 
<laughs> Come on, somebody. You, God didn't say, listen, wait, wait right here, and I'm going to convince the Canaanites to be happy about your arrival. Okay? Does that sound good? All right. He didn't say, wait right here until popular opinion shines its favor on you. He didn't say, wait right here until the walls of adversity crumble. He didn't say, wait right here, and this is a big one. He didn't say, wait right here until it requires no faith at all. No, no, no. When the charge came back around to Joshua again the next time, he said, Joshua, buddy, it's time to get up and move. And this is what I want you to know. I've already given you the land as a possession, but you've got to go in and you've got to possess it. And this is what I need you to do. I need you to be strong and very courageous because it's going to take some courage. It's going to take some spiritual fortitude. But get up and go in. Don't wait for the Canaanites to decide it's a good idea for you to get what God's promise to you. Don't wait for the Jebusites to give you an invitation to come in and get what God's given to you. Don't wait for the Perizzites to make best friends with you before you can come in and get what God's got in store for you. No, God said, I've given it to you. Now get up and go take possession over it. The victory is yours. Now go and enforce it. Drive out the inhabitants, God says. Drive out the inhabitants. Listen to me, church. Some of us have inhabitants that are squatting on God's promises for our lives. Some of us have inhabitants. Some of you have inhabitants. Some, there are some of you right now that you're hearing this, you're hearing this word, and, and something is coming to life in your spirit. There, there, there are things that you've had covered over for dreams and goals and, and ambitions, things that God has birthed and conceived in your spirit a long time ago that you thought were dead and gone. But now the Holy Spirit is beginning to breathe life on that thing again. And it's coming alive on the inside of you. But at the same time, there's a little bit of fear that's present there because you know that there are inhabitants in there that are going to have to be removed before you're able to go in and take possession. Oh yeah, fear, laziness, insecurity have become entrenched in those places. Lust, shame, and despair abide therein. But it's our territory. It's our dream. It's our vision. God has given it to us, but it's a little crowded. And this crowding prohibits the possession of the saints from going in and laying hold of what God has in store for them. Many of you are waiting. You're waiting on that situation to change, but we've got to go in and we've got to drive out the inhabitants. Many of you are waiting on the world to change around you, but the truth of the matter is, it's not the opinion of others that's the problem. It's your opinion of your own self and your confidence of the call of God in your life. It's not the superiority of those around you that's the problem. It's the insecurity inside of you. It's not the thoughts of others that keep you from walking in victory. It's the impure thoughts inside of you. It's not the conditions, not that the conditions are not right. It's that the lack of discipline, it's the lack of discipline to press through the hard times and the discomfort of spiritual warfare in order that we might taste the spoils of victory on the other side. It's not that God won't speak to you. It's your own lack of devotion to get quiet before Him and listen to what He's saying. You've got to drive out those inhabitants 
It's not the conditions around you that are the problem. It's the condition oftentimes that are inside. In short, what I'm saying is this, that the thing that needs to change most in my life is not the world around me, but what's going on inside of me. I see people. I see it in the Spirit. I see people that God has anointed, that God has anointed messengers, that God has anointed with amazing talents and gifts. But they're so insecure. They're so bound up by doubt and fear. And you can see all of that, and you can see the war that abides. They, they take one step forward and three steps back. Oh, they want, they're, 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 they're like on a bungee cord almost. They want the promise of God, and they go and run for it. But when the tension of difficulty begins to stretch on their life, they rebound and they back up a little further. I want to tell you this, church. The posture of the church should never be one of waiting on the world to change. Listen to me good. The posture of the church should never be one of waiting on the world to change, but rather allowing such a work of the Holy Spirit to take place in our lives that we emerge emboldened by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be world changers. The world, listen, the world around the church isn't going to change until the world inside the believer is changed until there's a confidence in God, until there's, a, until there's an unshakable faith in his promise that we're like Caleb and we say, listen, you know what? I was a young man when God first gave me my dream, when God first gave me my promise. And it's been many years now, several decades past, but I still believe in the power of God and work in my life that I'm able to go in and take possession of God's promise. It's gonna take an unshakable faith in the promise of God. Somebody needs to get up, listen, somebody needs to get up right now and shout in the face of fear and say, I'm not waiting any longer. Somebody needs to get up right now and shout in the face of insecurity and say, I don't need your permission to be who God's called me to be. Somebody needs to get up right now and shout at a lack of discipline and devotion saying, get out of the way. I know it won't ever be easy, but I'm not gonna miss my blessing. I'm, not, I'm gonna get my promise. Watch me move from glory to glory in Christ Jesus. Somebody needs to get up and shout in the face of guilt and shame and say, I'm not waiting for you to go away. I'm just going to walk on by because who shall bring charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies and who are you to condemn me? You can sit around and wait for the world to get right and all the stars to line up. You can wait until you feel some kind of way and you think everybody approves of you walking in your calling or you can wait until it seems like it's safe to proceed and you won't have to risk anything moving forward and it won't cost you the sacrifice of any comforts to get where you're going. And listen to me, church. You'll die. You will die in a posture of waiting. Jesus said from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. I'm telling you, church, it's time for a hungry generation to get up on their feet and to say to the world around them, listen, I don't care. I don't care how dark this world gets. I don't care how unfavorable the circumstances seem. I don't care how bleak the situation is. My faith and my trust is not in horses or in chariots, but my faith is in the promise and in the name of God Almighty. And by His name, I believe the 
that all things are possible. You listen to me. If you sit around and wait until this antichrist world system is approving of you walking in the calling and the blessing and the promise of God, you'll die in the posture of waiting. You'll die in the posture of waiting. Oh, church, you've got the power in the name of Jesus to overcome. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. Don't sit around waiting for the world to change before you take possession of the promises of God for your life. One more story and I'm going to close. And we find it in the Old Testament book of 2 Kings chapter 7. It tells the story of these lepers who were seated outside the city gate. They were seated outside the city gate and there they, they had, I guess, intended or supposed that they were going to sit there and starve to death. They were outcasts now. They were unclean. They were unable to come in and mingle with society as regular people. Circumstance, situation dictated to them. No, 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 no. You go and you sit here. It had relegated them to the sidelines of life. Until one day, one of those guys said, listen. I'm hungry. <laughs> How many of you are hungry this morning? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, help me in the comments right now. How many of you are hungry? Just, just, just jot it in right now. Tap it in right now. Pastor Steve, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for God to do something in my life. I'm hungry for God to do a new thing in me. I'm hungry for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I'm hungry for the fire of God to touch my life again. I'm hungry for God to take me deeper. I'm hungry for God to release new things in my life. If you're hungry, I want you to tell me right now, right now. But all of a sudden, somebody in that little camp got hungry. And his friend said, oh, no, 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 wait a minute. It's not, it's not safe. It's not safe. This, this guy got up and said, listen, I'm hungry. I'm going into town. <laughs> I'm going to see what I can find. I'm going to see if I can get a hold of some provisions. I, I need something in my life. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. You hear me? I got to have something. I've got to have something. I'm wasting away. I'm perishing out here, relegated to the sidelines of life. I got to have something. And they said, wait, no, 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 no. If we go in there, they're going to kill us. If we, go, if we go in there, they're going to kill us. It's not safe to go in there. They're not accepting of us in there. Mm -mm. We can't go towards the provision because it's not safe. They're not accepting. We won't be approved. We won't be received. They were there gripped by fear, and I love it. Oh, I love it. I love it. Because this one guy says, hey, listen here. Why sit here until we die? You listen to me. We might die sitting here. We can die sitting here starving to death. Or we can die getting up and going after some provision. We can die getting up and going after some sustenance. But let's not just sit here and wait for the world to change. Let's get up and give pursuit to something that's going to sustain us. Something that's going to bless us. Something that's going to nourish us. Church, I'm telling you, it's time to get up. It's time to stop waiting for the world to change. It's time for you to pursue the change that you need in your life. It's time for you to pursue the change that you need in your own mind and in your own heart. can sit in the position of a beggar and wait for the world to change and wait for the world to approve of you and you'll die waiting on the world to change or you can stand up today 
in the boldness of the Holy Ghost. And you can go after that that Jesus Christ has promised to you. And you can say, hey, I'm going in. I'm going in the city gate. I'm going in where the good stuff is. I'm not going to sit. If I die in there, I die in there. But I die on the way to something better. I'm not going to die sitting here waiting for the world to change. Oh, no, no, child of God. Listen, Paul said it best to the Roman church. If God is for us, who can be against us? I said, if God is for us, who can be against us? I want to pray for you today. In the name of Jesus, Father, I know that day after day and year after year, God, in the graveyards across this nation and around this world, there are laid to rest dear and precious saints of God. Lord, and the tragedy of it is because we know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But God, the real tragedy of this is that, Lord, with them is buried dreams and visions and goals and things, God, that you have birthed in their spirit. But because there were inhabitants in the land that they were fearful to go in because situation and circumstance never changed because the stars never aligned, they never realized those visions. God, I pray right now that you're raising up a generation of people who are going to say, listen, I'm not sitting here until I die. I'm not sitting here until I die. I, if I die, I die. But I'm going to die pursuing the promise and the call of God for my life. I'm not going to die in a posture waiting for the world to change. I'm going to be pursuing the good things of God. I'm going to be going wholeheartedly after what God has in store for me. Hallelujah. Lord, we believe that. I believe you're raising up that generation. God, I believe right now. I prophesy. I prophesy right now, God, that when we come back together in this house, Lord, they're gonna, we're going to bear witness to a people who are going hard after you. We're going to see a people that are no longer held back by the opinion of others. We're, we're going to see people that are no longer held captive by their own insecurities. But we're going to see people who are like David. They're dancing before you. They're praising you. They're set free in you. They could care less what the Michaels around them are thinking. But they're going to be more vile the next time. They're going to be more expressive the next time. They're going to be more passionate and more zealous the next time. Because they've said, I'm not going to sit on the sideline waiting for the world to change. I'm going after God. I'm going after God. I'm going to be at the altar. I'm going to be pouring my heart out before God. I'm going to be broken in His presence because I'm going to be permitting Him to purge me because I need a fresh infilling. I need something new in my life. I need God to do a miracle work in me. God, I believe you and I trust you for that. God, I believe you that, that when we come together, God, we're going to have upper room experiences in Faith Assembly Church. Lord, when they were all come together with one place and one accord there, Lord, you poured out your Holy Spirit. I believe you're going to be doing, I believe you're doing that right now. I believe you're doing it right now in living rooms and kitchens and bedrooms and in cars. I believe you're doing it right now through computer screens and cell phones. I believe you're doing it right now through Chromecast and Apple TV. I believe, God, that you are doing it right now, that you are pouring out your Holy Spirit right now. You're awakening things on the inside of your people. You're awakening dreams and you're showing them the land of their possession. God, I pray right now for that one who doesn't know you. Lord, they tuned in to a, 
a Sunday morning live stream, searching and seeking. God, would you give them a revelation of something greater? God, would you impress upon them right now by the power of the Holy Spirit that not one thing in this world has to change before they can come to you and start a new life? They don't have to get themselves together, God. Would you, would you just impress that upon them right now that they don't have to quit their bad habits? They don't have to wait for their world to change. You can change their world. And if you believe that and you're in need of salvation today, would you simply pray this prayer with me? Father, I come to you and confess that I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. And I accept the free gift of your grace. God, I ask you to purge me of all unrighteousness. Cleanse me, O oh God, and make me whole. Father, I give you my life. I give you my heart. God, I pray that it's no longer I who live, but you who live through me. And God, I commit to living for you the rest of my life. And I give you praise, and I ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Friend, if you prayed that simple prayer right now, we believe that you have started a brand new and glorious journey with your newfound Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, this is what I want you to do. If you prayed that prayer, you can drop it in the comments here. Also, you'll find pinned in the comments below that there's a link there you can click for a prayer request. If you have prayer requests right now, find that link and go ahead and submit it. Our pastoral team wants to follow up with you and call on you and, and pray with you and believe God for miracles. But especially if you pray the prayer of salvation just now, there's a special box in there that says, I just prayed to receive Christ. We want to hear about it. We want to rejoice with you and we want to help you with the next steps. Until next time, I'm Pastor Steve wishing you a Jesus-filled week and telling you, don't sit around and wait for the world to change. Get up and be a world changer. God bless you. We'll see you next time. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.